Hey there, guys, and welcome back once again to the All About the Charles podcast. It's great to have you here, and thank you so much for joining us once again for another amazing episode all about Charles Leclerc, of course. Now, for today's episode, I really wanted to do an episode about Charles's transition into Ferrari and just basically discussing Ferrari as a whole, its team, where they are now, you know, kind of like a little bit about their history. But to be quite honest with you, as I've mentioned in the past, I do think that that would be too much of an episode. There's a lot of things to uncover, I think, for Ferrari the last years, Charles coming into the team, the new changes this year, the changes last year. So many things that I feel like the best thing right now for me to do is just, I think, once again, jump back to cover a few of the first races of this year starting with Bahrain and then moving on to Saudi Arabia. And I think this this will be a good thing, not only because I'll still be able to like speak a little bit about Charles's performance through the year, but I think at the same time, I'll be able to cover some ground, some facts on basically where Ferrari is right now, a little bit of the changes that the team has gone through, and just kind of like measuring the performance so far that Charles has had with the team so far for this season. Now, before I actually get into covering the races, you know, Bahrain and Saudi Arabia and Charles's performance there, I do think that it's worth to notice, I think, some of like the more important changes with Ferrari starting this year. And I won't get too much into them. I think that the main one that most people will be thinking about is obviously the team principal change from Mattia Binotto to Fred Berser. And as I said, I really don't want to go too much into this because I do feel that this delves and merges into the whole Ferrari subject, the whole Ferrari story. But I think on a personal note, I think that even though the change came at a really, really difficult time, not only for the team, but for the whole sport, you know, I do have hopefulness that Fred Vasseur can come into this team, can make it a lot better, can change the dynamic, can improve the processes, and can set up a strong structure of a team to allow Charles to actually win or have the ability to win a world championship. And so... I think it's worthy to note this because obviously the season started with this massive changes in players with team principals, some jumping onto other teams. I believe that McLaren's also team principal jumped to Alfa Romeo to become the CEO. Uh, I might be wrong about that because basically there's a lot of changes coming on to 2026, including new teams with Audi buying Alfa Romeo. And so... I think that it's worthy to note this because I think it does affect, you know, basically the whole strategy and even the performance of the teams from the start of the year. And so I do think that it's important to note that there was that Ferrari structure change at the start of this year. I don't think that it's maybe the reason why the first races of the season didn't go according to plan and I'll jump into that in a, in a few seconds. But I do think that it was just kind of worthy to note this because obviously with a team change, you know, there comes a change in structure, a change in team performance and how people behave. And so I do think that that was something, you know, I think it was maybe the most important point to start with for the start of the season, especially for Ferrari and for Charles. And I think on a side note here, I think that one of one of the bigger things that I also saw during the winter break between 2022, 2023 and I think that this really just falls down to my opinion and maybe it might be right, it might be incorrect. But I think I think one of the bigger things that I tend to see, you know, during that winter break gap is that there were a lot of news coverage surrounding different teams, but I'll, I'll stick specifically to Ferrari. 
you know, mentioning how Ferrari had been able to like increase and improve their top line speed in, in straight lines, you know, to match the one that Red Bull had. And I know that that was one of the bigger difficulties that Ferrari was dealing with for 2022. And I remember seeing a lot of news coverage saying that Ferrari were able to improve the reliability issues to have that, you know, to, to have that ability to, you know, turn up their engine to the, to the maximum or to the strength that it had back in Austria 2022 when they won that. And I think for me, you know, I was very excited coming into the season, you know, having this news that Ferrari improved their top line speed. They were also able to bring a ton of weight off the car. And I think that this all really pointed to a very, you know, hyped set, like start of the season where, you know, Ferrari looked amazing. Like Ferrari were kind of like the dream team, you know, the fact that they were all, that they were basically second in the constructors in 2022. I think everyone really thought that, you know, it was Ferrari, the ones that were going to bring the fight once again to Red Bull. And the fact that again, and I think this is one of like the most amazing things that I was so excited about in 2022, which is basically that Charles got second in the World's Driver Championship. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think just thinking about this, it just comes back to the start of the season where, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Ferrari coming into it, Ferrari improving. And there's this massive hype that, you know, Ferrari has been able to like really bring a world championship fighting car to this year's season, ultimately not to go according to plan. And so with that, I do want to jump into maybe the first two races of the year for Charles and for Ferrari, which obviously did not go at all the way that I believe neither Charles nor the team would have expected them to go, especially considering the way that they hit the year kind of running back in 2022. And so I think if you look back into 2022, the race in Bahrain, Charles was P1. He ultimately won that race relatively easy. Red Bull had two mechanical failures by the almost end of the race. And I think it was the first time in a while that Ferrari was able to have a 1-2 with Charles winning the race and Carlos finishing second. And if you take a comparison into maybe this year's race for Bahrain, you know, again, I think that maybe there was still some kind of hope left in the fact that Charles was able to qualify third in the race and he was also able to save a set of soft tires for the beginning of the race, which ultimately really helped and improved him. As you can see, I feel like in the start of the race, Charles was able to have a much better start than Checo, ultimately passing him for, you know, second place in the in the Grand Prix and being able to keep that positions for a number of laps. And so I feel like if you look maybe at the start of the race to the first stand up until the second one, you know, Charles was having, I believe, a decent performance with the car. He was able to, you know, keep Checo behind him even though he wasn't really doing much in closing the gap between him and Max. I also really want to point out that the two pit stops that Ferrari had for both Charles and Carlos went really well. They were between the two to three second marks, which I think it's like the average for most teams. And ultimately, you know, once we get, once we got into the second stint of the race, you know, Charles got into a set of hard tires with Checo going into a soft one and ultimately passing Charles for second position and this is really where I believe the most painful moment came for a lot of Charles's fans, including myself, and also a lot of Ferrari fans with, you know, lap 41 coming in and Charles DNFing because of reliability issues once again with the car. And I think, you know, I think this is really the point where I feel like a lot of fans were, I think, shocked 
to see this, you know, with the expectations that the team were having. I think that it was just a impactful, shocking moment to see the fact that, you know, Charles was retiring the car due to a malfunction in electronic components, which they also changed before the race, which was just kind of brutal. And so I think, you know, this is definitely not the way that I believe Charles nor the team wanted to start with the season. And ultimately, basically, the race ended with him being DNFing. And, you know, I have to, I do have to mention this because, you know, maybe I'll mention, I'll, I'll mention this in later episodes with the Alonso and Aston Martin hype train, where basically they were able to have like this really amazing car. And ultimately, they were able to get the number third position. And Alonso was able to be on the podium again after, well, I really don't know how many years. But I think this is also the place where, you know, the the Aston Martin hype train also began. And there was just a lot of shock and confusion going into what had happened at Ferrari. And ultimately, you know, not the best race start for Charles. And so moving on, you know, from, from a very, I would say, very bad, not at all, not at all good, you know, first race with all the hype expectations that I feel a lot of fans were having for Charles, for the team, you know, having the race end that way. You know, coming from that first kind of race, comparing it to the one from 2022, I think it definitely left a sort of bitter taste, you know, a kind of like an unhopeful feeling for a lot of people in the sense of like maybe Ferrari are not really where a lot of people expected them to be, including myself with Charles, you know, just thinking like maybe the car is not as great as the season before. And maybe, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the expectations that were put on the team were a bit overrated and I think that you know this first race kind of confirmed a lot of the problems that Ferrari you know had for last season they were still having for this one and so as we move on to the second race which is Saudi Arabia obviously I think that for this one I have to start by saying that you know with the DNF problem that Charles had for Bahrain he ultimately got a penalty for having new electronic component parts which ultimately had him start from the 12th position in the grid, which I think, once again, this was just really shocking to see, mainly because of the fact that, you know, by the second race start of the year, by the second race of the year, rather, Charles already had a grid penalty due to a change, you know, due to a limit in the amount of components that he could change in the car. And so by coming from Bahrain to Saudi Arabia, I think that for a lot of Charles fans, for a lot of Ferrari fans, I think that there was maybe some unhopefulness in the expectations of the team, you know, especially when you take into consideration that when, you know, going into Saudi Arabia for the second, just the second race of the season, Charles was already getting a grid penalty due to the fact that he was taking on another electronic component for the car. I'm not exactly sure which, which cost him, you know, the, you know, which basically cost him the fact that he had to start in the grid from 12th position. Now, similar to Bahrain, I feel like if you look at the Saudi Arabian race, Charles, I believe, had a really great first stint, basically getting on on a soft set of tires to begin the race with, and you know, by lap nine, going up to seventh place, and then by lap 13, he was up to sixth place, and I think it was by lap 17th where Okay, I'm not going to blame everything on Charles and on, on the team because on lap 17th, they had an actual really good pit stop of 2.1 seconds. 
And I feel like, you know, here it was just maybe a case of bad luck that by lap 18, the Stroll had to DNF, which, you know, not great in terms of like other people, other drivers that was that were still out, you know, in the race and basically had that free pit stop from the safety car, be, from the safety virtual car being released, which obviously, you know, could have come also at a better time for Charles because ultimately I think that this dropped him down you know, to eighth position and he was behind Hamilton. And then we also had, once again, the faultiness of the team in Charles's engineer not telling him to go faster, you know, in the, in the pit lane straight so that he could pass Hamilton for seventh position. And ultimately, again, Charles was stuck behind Hamilton and be, because, you know, the team just weren't communicative enough with him and didn't tell him that he could go faster and he could ultimately pass Hamilton at the end of the pit exit. And so by the end of the race, once again, the green flag was waved and Checo more or less released the cars back into, you know, his race and to his pace. Basically, there wasn't much to do. The I would have to say that the entire rest of the race was very boring or very unentertaining, especially for maybe Charles's fans, for Ferrari fans, because Hamilton ultimately got passed Carlos for P7 in the in the race and the order more or less remained the same with Max still going up the grid ultimately trying to catch up to Checo but really couldn't do it and we had once again the same result that we had for Bahrain with Sergio Pe well not the same but basically close to the same with Checo being in first Max in second and Alonso continuing the hype train for Aston Martin in third position. And so with this, I feel like going into the analysis, you know, of both Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, we can see that, I feel like we can see that there is performance, there is strength for Charles, for the team, there is the ability that the car performs well, but I think that there's still some kinks definitely that need to be, you know, sorted out by the team. And I feel like there, you know, throughout the rest of the season with more of the races, there has been more examples of this where there's promise by Charles, by the team to get some really great results. But ultimately, you know, I feel like they come hand in hand with this, with the same silly and basic mistakes that Ferrari kept making on in 2022 and bringing them back for 2023. And even though ultimately Charles ended P7th, or I believe it was P8th, for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, you know, it was it was basically I feel like the worst start of his season for him. I'll I'll keep making more analysis on the next two races that came after those, but I feel that you know, kind of like giving my last bit of opinions and analysis on on both races. I feel like both races were filled with optimism and hopes for the for the team for Charles, ultimately just to have all of those come crumbling down with the actual performance of the car and of the team. And I feel like, you know, when we once we got into uh, Baku and Australia, there was, a, I feel like there was still a lot of discussion as to, you know, this being maybe one of the worst season starts for Ferrari, you know, with Aston Martin climbing up in the ranks with Mercedes, even though they weren't the best team yet, they were still up there in the points and Ferrari with everything going on you know we're ultimately only able to keep I feel it was the fourth place in the constructors championship and Charles wasn't even really you know 
in the points for the driver's championship for a long time. And so with that, I do want to end this episode on more or less the analysis of those races, kind of covering a little bit about the news of the teams, what happened in the first two races of the year. And I think, you know, there's been some improvements. I do have to say that I feel like as the season has progressed, there has been some improvements on the car, on the team. There's been more changes on the team that I will keep talking and discussing more. And hopefully I can make that Ferrari episode to really give you an update on more or less where they are. But I do think that, as I mentioned, there's still a lot of promise in Ferrari. And for me, I think that, you know, there's just there still needs a lot of work to be done and hopefully they can get things sorted out. They can keep improving to keep giving Charles and the team, I feel ultimately the results that they really do deserve. And so with that, I do have to conclude another episode of the All About the Charles podcast. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode and that you'll continue to join me on the rest ones. And as always, keep being an amazing fan. Thank you. Yeah.